cheese crush? Uh, cottage cheese from Cowgirl Creamery. I and then any cottage cheese um, with potato with tortilla or potato chips. I just, just got some of the clabbered cottage cheese and I had it with the Trader Joe's onion chips and it was oh, phenomenal. Phenomenal. I ate an entire uh, pint of it on the road in Napa that day that I saw you. And um, then I came home and I can't get it here. So I got, but I got really good whole milk cottage cheese and I definitely ate two cups for lunch today. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's delicious. Sam, same question. Okay. So as I said before, I'm, I, I just started to work at Baba Link Dairy in New Jersey and I've only been here for about a month and I wasn't too familiar with their cheeses before I got here. So I'm just still getting to know them. They're pretty new to me. And one of them uh, is called Badalino and it's a, a, a raw cow's milk brie format, I guess you would say like, like, and we're talking like big, like Brie de Mo format uh, type wheel that act- that has no commercial starter cultures or ripening cultures added. It's all just native raw milk microflora. And that's like a wild cheese. And when you get like a really good wheel that's got that perfect, like suspended paste, perfectly ripe paste, it's just like, it's unlike anything. It's so cool. And I'm like, wow, I love that I get to work with this. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, favorite cheese pairing? Oh God. Uh, Vildavida and uh, Turkish apricots. Um, they really highlight, Vildavida to me has so many tropical notes, which a lot of people are familiar with. We'll talk kind of like pineapple flavors and it's really floral, but the apricot, it like compared to any other stone fruit, just like heightens it and brings out the woodsy side of the Vildavida. So it's like woodsy tropical and it's just, it's a, it's a real late night sitting there turn off all the lights, turn on a vinyl music and just have a moment and just be proud. Just be there. Yeah. Turkish apricot and Vildavida. Uh, my favorite cheese pairing is blue, blue cheese and coffee. So mm-hmm. if you haven't ever tried it and you know, you can be, you could uh, like, I, you know, I probably would go with, uh, with like a, a creamier blue, you know, something like, you know, it can have a little bit of spice, like a Roquefort or something, but even like, you know, like a nice gorgonzola cremosa or something and a, and a good, I tend to go with lighter roast coffees, but seriously, if you haven't tried that pairing, like any blue cheese, any coffee, it'll definitely wake you up. Uh, your breath will not smell great, but they go together <laughs> so well. And I, I don't know why it is, but give it a try. That'll light your senses for sure. <laughs> I don't know if it's because we were talking about Portland earlier, but I definitely now want caveman blue and coffee. Like, Oh Yeah. Yeah, like it literally, as soon as you said it, it was like, because we're talking about coffee in Portland, I was like, caveman blue. Like, that's what I want. Like, that would be so good together. Yeah, and you know, keep it regional. There's only like 10,000 roasters in Portland to choose from. And, <laughs> only you know, one on every corner. Yeah. <laughs> literally. <laughs> okay, last one. Top food memory. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like you specifically eating something. It can be just a memory of cooking or something along those lines. Oh, I have so many. Um top food. Uh, so, um, my parents, I was very fortunate. My parents were very into exposing us at a young age to travel, um, and connect with our heritage of German, um, and Swiss. And so we went to Europe. I was very fortunate when I was like 18. Um, and, but we did actually a month in France. They were big into kind of like actually traveling and living as locals that we weren't the tourist 
family. We were the VW Euro van uh, that traveled around. And so we spent a month traveling through France. And my mom was a big Rick James fan, still, or Rick Steves, excuse me, Rick Steves, huge Rick Steves fan. Still to this day, it's like, why hasn't this caught on? Um, and uh, But it never steered us wrong. We had a lot of my favorite food memories are because of recommendations that Rick Steves gave. And one of them was we were trying to get the dots to get from um, Strasbourg, uh, from Strasbourg down to um, kind of the Bordeaux region. We had this friends that lived in a tiny village. And so we're trying to connect the dots mileage wise to like get there where we should stop off. And Rick Steve said he should stop off in this tiny village um, in the middle of where we very were uh, called Bainac and a bunch of castles. Cause you're now in like Loire Valley and kind of like heading into this area and then like, going more central into France and uh, along the rivers. And so it looks picturesque and stupid pretty. And we're like, great. And there was this hotel to stay at that had a Dutch couple that ran the kitchen. And so we're like, okay, fine. Uh, so we stopped there and um, we get there and it's tiny village. I mean, like just tiny, all, all on a mountain, all on the sides, but the hotel was on the river, um, but everything was up from it, like three streets basically. And so we're trying to walk around and before dinner reservation, was it like eight, nine o'clock or something like that? And um, something feels really familiar about this place. And I couldn't figure it out. We'd never been before, but something felt like I'd been here. I've seen it, which is weird because it's not a touristy place, like all those things. So we're sitting down at dinner and to this day, it's the best meal I've had in my life. Um, even though I don't think the food in probably in any way was actually that mind blowing, but I had never had, I... Um, my Scandinavian heritage means I really like liver and German food. Like really like liver. So I really fell in love in France with pate, um, and any terrines and that like internal in me got lit up and I had a guinea fowl terrine that I, my dad says I nearly fell off the chair. I was like 19 years old and I'm just dying and I wouldn't share it. And it was so good. And I was freaking out. It was like a six course meal. It was ridiculous. There was a golden retriever walking all over the inn. Um, and he probably liked terrain too. Um, and he ate really well. And it was just this beautiful, like kind of quaint moment. And there's this amazing food, this young couple just running a bed and breakfast. But the next morning it turned out we're walking and it hit me. It's the village in the movie Chocolats with Juliette Binoche and uh, Johnny Depp. And I'm walking up the hill and it's the opening scene where they're in the coats and the wind is blowing through and she's wandering into this village. And it just hit me also. I was like, we're in the village that movie was filmed in. And so it's just, it holds this like special place in my heart of like the best meal ever. I fell in love with terrines there. And then it's like one of my favorite food movies ever. Uh, talk about food porn, like, oh my God. And so, and we all found it because of a Rick Steves book. Like, take that Google, like, you know, like you couldn't have created this night if you tried to plan it on Pinterest, right? It was just, yeah, the best, but I can say that I've been to that village in Chocolat because, yeah. Thanks, Rick Steves. Yeah, thanks, Rick Steves. Well, uh, my story, uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of, I guess, similar in vibe to, to Jules. Um, so right after, between high school and, and my, my first attempt at going to college, uh, uh, for those of you who have never seen my face before, I'm Jewish. And uh, so I spent a year living in Israel right out of high school. And I, was, I, I lived on a small kibbutz and was a student in this, this unusual program run by the Arava Institute for Environmental Studies. And their whole motto is 
Nature Knows No Borders. And so it was a very small program. It was about 40 students, a third of which were Israeli, a third of which were uh, uh, Palestinian and Jordanian, and then a third of which were international. And so here I am, like, you know, nice Jewish boy, just moved out of my parents' house in the United States. And, you know, I'm meeting like all of these Palestinians for the first time in my life. And uh, I, I really took advantage of that. And I, you know, a lot of them welcomed me into their homes in Jerusalem and the West Bank and Jordan. And so I got, you know, the opportunity to travel to all these amazing places. And the one that really stands out, and uh, it's, it's still like to this day, like one of, it's both like one of my best and worst food experiences. So here, here's why. Uh, one of my, my fellow students, her name was Lena, uh, and she was from the, the, the Palestinian city of Nablus in the West Bank. And she invited me to come and, you know, come and see Nablus and she would, you know, take me around the city and give me a whole tour and all this stuff. And so uh, Nablus is, uh, is like renowned, like very famous for their desserts. They're like the famous dessert city. And so, you know, I arrive in Nablus, I meet Lena and her uncle, who's also a native of Nablus, and he takes, he takes us on this whole walking tour of the whole city. And we go and we get like the best baklava in the whole town. And then we're walking around some more, we get the best halva, like from the best halva maker in Nablus. And then we're walking around a little bit more. And then, so this, if anyone doesn't know kanafa, we go to the best kanafa maker in Nablus, which, Kanafa is now my favorite food in the world. Uh, it is a dessert that is made from melted sweet cheese topped with toasted shredded phyllo dough, drenched in orange blossom syrup and topped with pressed pistachios. It is a perfect food. So, you know, we like finish the tour with like the best kanafa in the best dessert city in the Middle East. And so, you know, I think the day is over, but she's like, okay, no, like come back to my, like, we'll, we'll go back to my house now. You can meet the rest of my family. So we go back to her house. Her mom has literally been spending the entire day making like the most insane banquet that would have fed like, I kid you not, like 30 to 40 people all just for me. And I've literally just been spending the entire day eating like the richest desserts in the world. like. I literally couldn't eat another bite by the time we got there. And here I was like staring at like just the most incredible food that could have fed me like 20 times over. And I took like, you know, I took like, I tried to take a bite of everything and I was just like, I'm so sorry. Like, I really can't eat anymore. And her mom, you know, her mom doesn't speak English. I don't speak Arabic. And I'm just like, please tell her I'm so sorry. Like, tell her I'm so sorry. And then, like her mom is just like pissed, like just furious. And and like, you know, it was just like, it was not the impression I wanted to make because it was like, the food was incredible, you know, and I just literally could not eat it. So I will never, ever, ever forget about that. <laughs> Definitely a memory that will hold in the banks. <laughs> oh, yeah. 